Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm Father John. I am the Executive Director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here with Sweet Mary. That's what everybody <laughs> always calls you, Sweet Mary. Nobody ever calls me like Sweet Father John. How's Sweet Mary doing? I'm doing great, Father John. These are uh, awesome summer months that we have entered into, aren't they? Oh, praise God. We've waited a long time for our summer and we've waited a long time to have some freedom back, right? Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? I think the podcast episode uh, this week's really oriented around maybe a, a productive way we can use that summer, right? So uh, what's our what's our topic? Yeah, so Father John, our topic today is the distinction between my story and the story. Ooh, I can't wait to hear more. Yeah, so let's pray. All right, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Father, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to descend upon us and upon uh, all our brothers and sisters who are uh, listening in with us. Lord, in these days, we pray that you would increase within us the virtue of hope. Not wishful thinking, but hope. The hope that flows from the concrete acts that you have performed in history, most especially uh, the death, the resurrection of Jesus the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us and that call upon our lives to continue his mission until he gloriously returns. Lord, we ask for uh, your spirit just to bless our conversation right now, uh, that it would guide and edify all that we say and do. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So maybe we can just do like three simple points. I think this is a short episode, I think, but uh, no one will complain about that. Maybe we can touch quickly on a, a conversation we had with a good friend uh, not too long ago, which sets up this distinction we want to make. Talk a little bit about the importance of stories overall, and then maybe some practical things that we might encourage us to consider doing in these beautiful summer weeks and months uh, that we've been longing for in Michigan, right? Sounds good. So conversation we had recently, right? So we were talking um, with a dear friend, and I think she heard a comment that we made about, we, we always stress, right, that... I think we use the quote from, I know we use the quote from Fleming Rutledge, in the final analysis, theological speculation can only take you so far. We need to know the, the story, story, right? Right. And it's one of the ways that we start speaking as often as we do about um, reacquiring a biblical worldview, you know, and then the proclamation, the charisma, and all that. And uh, someone heard the comment, and she made a, a comment afterwards saying, you know, like, Father in Acts 29, they're always talking about the, the story, uh, but you don't really need to know the story. You just need to be able to tell your, your story, story, right? Right, and there's a massive distinction between the two. And so our story, uh, we often talk about our story as being like our testimony, mm. right? And that's really important. We do need to know how, right, Father John, to tell our story. Um, it's, it, it's God's work in us. It, it's the impact that Jesus has had on our lives, right? Like the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. Yeah, I, and, love, I love that comment, just that yeah. simple observation, like tell me the difference, difference Jesus, Jesus has makes made in your in life, Because right? if and, you can't explain that. Mm. That's right. And so we do need to know that story. And it's been said that no one can argue with your story because it's your personal experience. But as important as that is, that's not what we mean when we talk about the story, right? Yeah, and I don't think my story um, is necessarily power. So Rod Dreher, in a tremendous uh, book, great title, to uh, How Dante Can Save Your Life, he, he talks about stories, and he has this great little excerpt. I just want to share this because I found this to be so powerful the first time I read it. He says, a man wakes up in a dark forest. 
He doesn't know where he is or how he got there. He's frightened and alone, and he wants to run away, but he can't get out. So even as I'm reading that right now, Mary, like I'm just sensing like there's some people who are listening, that's them, mm-hmm. right? And Dreyer goes on to say, his name is Dante, and this is how his story begins. And then Dreyer goes on to say this, something happened in your brain just now when you read that description. Neuroscientists have found that the telling of a story, no matter how simple, lights up parts of our brains that lie dormant when we process language. In fact, research has shown that the brain reacts to stories in the same way it responds to actual events. When a story fully enters into your imagination, it is as if you experience it yourself. The more vivid and sensual the descriptions within a story, the more powerfully its lessons, moral and otherwise, lodge in the brain. Reading great literature, it's long been averred, enlarges and improves us as human beings. Brain science shows this claim is truer than we imagined. Dreyer continues, stories tell us how to think and what to do. They teach us what to love, what to fear, what to hope for, and to whom to, and whom to trust. Stories reveal to us how we differ from others and how we are the same. They tell us where we came from, where we stand, and where we are going. Stories impose order on chaos. From grand cosmic myths to intimate fairy tales or family tales, it is in stories that we find meaning, purpose, and the truths by which we live, or if we are unlucky, the lies that lead us astray. Our choices, this is a huge passage here, often emerge from how we feel about the information we take in and how the stories we have accepted as truthful accounts of reality train our emotions to engage and to interpret the world. And then he quotes N.T. Wright, who we love so much too. Wright says, tell someone to do something and you change their life for a day. Tell someone a story and you change their life. If we don't understand ourselves as part of a greater story or tradition, we will have no idea what we are supposed to do with our lives. In our modern world, we have lost the story that for centuries gave most people in our culture a way to make sense of their lives, the biblical narrative. That's a long quote from Dreyer. Sorry about this, but it it helps, I think, explain a crucial difference between my story and the story. Because someone, I I tell you my story, and you can say something like, yeah, but that hasn't happened to me. Right. Right. But to know the story is to help someone understand, but what's happened to me is what God wants to do in you because the story is an explanation. It's reality. It's, it's revelation of who God is and of why he made anything, but most especially you. And the reasons that we have, the concrete reasons we have to understand that we're not adrift at sea, lost in, you know, like cosmic smog or something like that. You know, Father, you know, when we talk about the biblical worldview, what a worldview does is it it answers questions right because as we're as we're as we're as i'm listening to you speak it answers the question like where did we come from right who were we right uh where do we fit in the story 
what in the world it has gone wrong? Why is the world, why does it seem off the rails? And what solution can be offered to fix it? And of course, we know the solution is the cross of Jesus Christ, right? So it helps situate us in that story, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the key thing here is the story is about God and about who he That's is, right. right? And about why he made anything. And as you said, you know, how things went wrong and what he did to fix it. And knowing that is to have hope because hope isn't wishful thinking. Hope is concrete. You know, it's, it's a, scripture speaks of hope as an anchor. It's solid, right? It's lodging in something. An anchor lodges in a rock or in heavy soil, you know, down in the ocean. Um, so our hope lodges in the actions that God has done for us in the mm -hmm. person of Jesus. This isn't some myth, right? And it helps us understand the role that God has for you and me to play right now right. in this in-between era that we're living right. between Jesus's resurrection and his glorious return. You know what you're talking about too, Father? Like this goes beyond like your perspective or my perspective. This isn't just another perspective. No, that's a great point. Right? Um, this is a coherent way of seeing reality for what it is. It's just not someone else's opinion or someone else's narrative. Yeah. You know, again, N.T. Wright, in, uh, in one of the books, he, he says this. He says, stories work by inviting people into a new world mm. and encourage them to make that world their own and to see their ordinary world from now on through that lens within this grid. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. how we preach the mm -hmm. kerygma, right? I mean, mm -hmm. with the, and sometimes people will say, well, how do you convince people of that? And I go, well, we don't ever try to bother wasting time convincing someone of anything. Like, that's not my task when I'm preaching the gospel. Well, that's the Holy Spirit's task. My, my task is to know the story and to, and to preach it. That's why we need to know the story, right? And, and we've done this um, so many times, right, in that scene um, from Man in the High Castle, which I do not advocate you watch, but <laughs> Thanks I got for bored the one week Father. and I, I watched, right? So, yeah. But that first episode, we, we show this over and over again uh, when we're preaching the kerygma to people because it's so powerful. It, it, it puts on film everything that Dreyer and Wright are talking, we're talking about. talking about. And that Fleming Rutledge is talking about, the power of the story. So, you know, the, the simple plot of the, of, the, of the story of The Man in the High Castle is it's 1960s America. Uh, America lost the war. It's occupied between Japan and Nazi Germany. And the people have been living in terror and fear and slavery and tyranny and all that for, you know, 15, 20 years. And then suddenly uh, this woman finds a film and she watches the film. And as she's watching this film, she, her face changes. We see her. We don't even see what she's watching. We just see her uh, as she's watching this. And she goes from someone who's clearly afraid and terrified uh, and distraught and despairing to someone who begins to smile and to mm -hmm. cry. And she mouths the words, yes. Mm -hmm. And then we see what she's watching. And it's, you know, the allies landing at D-Day. And it's the unconditional surrender of Japan. And it's, it's the ending of the war with a completely different ending than what she's been told. And her boyfriend walks in and says, what are you watching? And she says, I'm, I'm watching newsreel footage of the war. And he says, yeah, I see that. And she says, it shows us winning the war. And he says, but we didn't win the war. And she says, that's what they told us. And we found that to be, not only that clip, to be such a strong image of what happens when someone hears the gospel proclaimed, but it's also th this, 
kind of this narrative that we're living in right now, people are being told, what's the comment from a friend of ours about the wrong reel? Oh, yeah. In fact, it's our good friend. He says, you know, make sure you're watching the right reel. Yeah, if I'm if I'm not right. soaking in scripture, if I don't right. know the story, right. then I'm taking in another narrative. And the other narrative goes something like this. God is not real, or if he is, he's really irrelevant. Um, there's there's no point to life other than getting what you can, try to make the world a better place. Uh, in the end, we're all slime or some variation of that, right? That's a gross oversimplification, but we're watching the wrong reel and only scripture is the right reel. So Father John, as you were just talking about this clip that we, um, where we watch this actress, her whole countenance change as she's watching um, uh, the the real story that they, that we actually won World War II. When we, when we see you proclaim the gospel in power, we actually get to watch that happen in reality, right in front of us, whether it's to the priests, whether it's to bishops, whether it's to the lay faithful. And we hear so many comments from everyone across the board, like, I mean, and, and we've talked about this before, maybe when we've had podca- podcast conversations, like, that's not the God I knew growing up. How come I haven't heard this before? But but not it's not only their comments, it's the visible change that comes over them that's right. when they hear the story. That's right. And those comments, that, that's not the God I knew growing up. That means I heard a different story. I heard a different narrative. I have different lenses. Thank you for giving me these. Or why have I never heard this before means why hasn't anyone offered me biblical lenses before. They're longing for this, right? Yeah. And and I just want to go back to something you said. It has nothing at all to do with how I preach it. Because the power is, is in, in the, the gospel. gospel. That's right. And we it's know that, me. and we know that because um, brothers, uh, priests, deacons, and lay faithful are now teaching and preaching created, captured, rescued response. That's right. And it's having a massive impact. And if I can just go back to um, to the book real quick, you know, Dreher's book. there's a, yeah, there's a lot of different narratives out there that are just not winning hearts. And there was one reviewer of uh, Dreher's book and he said, and he said this, this is so spot on. He says, when we are in such a bind, our first impulse is to grab a map. So when we're feeling lost, you know, we want to grab a map. He said, but our maps of assured results and quantifiable outcomes to say nothing of success, happiness, and love have proved inaccurate or out of date. He goes on to say that the map makers, this is great, are as lost as we are. <laughs> he, and then again, he says, if you were lost in a dark wood of addiction and illness or despair, which would you rather have? A map that may or may not be accurate or a single faithful guide who knows the terrain having walked it before. Dante's advice, forget the map, take the guide. Amen. And, and the, the guide, guide is, is the, the story. story. That's right. I yeah. love the that. Guide is the Lord, because the guide is God. And we've tried so right. many other things, right? So, so what practically can we do? huh? So these are great months to say, okay, so how am I going to learn this, right? So we're not saying to everybody, hey, you got to become a master storyteller. But for some of us, it's just some baby steps, right? I mean, the goal is to be able to have uh, the capacity to tell the story in our own way that's right. very Absolutely. scripture, right? So, you know, one thing is just make sure you're reading the Bible every day. And Father John, I love that because as we were just talking about, you know, those things that we're heavy laden with, addiction and illness and despair, 
the revelation of God, the word of God is healing. Yeah, amen. We, we, God's we, healing we just balm. out of town, uh, we're always out of town, but last week, and I think I made a comment to you that, gosh, I, I think you said you just looked down. I said, I've read more news in the last three or four days than I had read in I don't know how long. I don't usually read, you know, just news ad nauseum, and it felt like it was actually making me nauseous. And, That's and toxic I have to, to our counterbalance the news with scripture, with, right? Right, with the good news. Because the word news. of God is healing. So first That's thing, right. you're reading scripture daily. You know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, of another great idea. You know, Father Michael Schmitz is having, um, has his podcast, The Bible in a Year. Mm. A lot of folks are doing this. I know they're well into the scriptures already, but you can jump in. Or you can start at the very beginning. I know people who, have, right. who, have, who are both listening to it now and going back to the starting point just to catch all the way up because it is going from the beginning all the way through, right? That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. And then also uh, complimentary to that would be uh, Jeff Caven's, you know, maybe grab some folks and consider doing, uh, what's the series called? Oh, it's a quick journey through the Bible. And yeah. he also has a Bible called the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. And uh, I bought that Bible about a year and a half as a gift to myself. That might be a great <laughs> like thing I didn't to do have is enough. just a, like a small group study out of your home or something like that yeah. as parishes are slowly starting to open up. It's a great summer activity for couples or for young adults or for whoever. Just to get eight, ten people and just say, hey, let's just go through this together. It's what, eight, ten weeks. It's so simple. And, and you know, at the end of the day, too, when we enter into the Word of God, and whether when we're moving into that in our own prayer or we're doing it with friends or with family, the Holy Spirit will illumine our minds. So go into that prayerfully, asking the Holy Spirit to see reality for what it truly is and then how to apply that to our lives. But this is really, the whole purpose of this is just to get familiar with the story, the, the, the narrative arc of salvation. Yeah, and history. so that we can proclaim it with power, Amen. right? Because Amen. people are just like Dante in the beginning of the Divine Comedy that Dreyer comments about. They waking, they're waking up right now in all sorts of different states, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, so many people are simply lost. And God has given you and me the extraordinary privilege of one, having been found, Amen. and wanting to use us now to go find and rescue others. That's that's what we get to do in this intermediate time that we're living in between the resurrection and the glorious return of Jesus. We get to be used by God to rescue others. So it's not up to us, it's up to him. We just need to be able to do our part and a huge part of our part is knowing the story and just sharing it with others. So because this is all about God and God wants this more than anybody else, more than me or Mary or Acts 29 or Pope Francis or whoever, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this. 